<laughs> also, wine time. I'm running out of wine. I don't know. Um, I have a bottle. Okay, emergency rations. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Oh yeah, this is still Crime by the Bar. It is. This is our Minnesota Mysteries, where we tell each other mysterious happenings, unsolved crimes, mysterious convictions. Shorter stories with, uh, I don't know, no real resolution, possibly a resolution, but still a lot of doubts. Yeah. Too many loose ends to, to, I I don't know, I give up. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay, tell me your story. Is it Dutch? It's not Dutch, it's uh, Swedish. Okay. Uh, We were discussing it mostly uh, considering certain themes and severities. And uh, uh, yeah, I might as well say this is known as the the cabin trunk murder of Gothenburg. You did tell me. Yeah. Okay, tell me in Swedish. Koffert Mulitz is just a boy. That's... I mean, that sounds like something I would quite enjoy having for dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, stick to funny. English because otherwise, uh, yeah, no. Um, so this is somewhat of a mystery, but what kind of attracted me is the fact that there's almost like too much evidence, but nothing really came of it and no one's oh. quite sure. Okay. So uh, what happened was... And there was this woman, uh, Margareta of Forselius. I thought you were going to do the English version. <laughs> I would never translate names, come on. Um, so, uh, Margareta, uh, she was um, she, she was a woman. She married into kind of nobility, which is not, as, like, it's not a big thing, but uh, she did marry a guy. I think she was his fourth wife. Um, but but no, so uh, this couple, uh, they got married. I think she might have technically been a duchess, but it was still like the, it was just a noble family, not anything big, no uh, huge tracts of land or any inheritance or anything like that. Um, but um, they were not in a good place. They were both um, alcoholics. Oh dear. And they struggled a lot with the economy. Uh, leading to uh, poor Margareta needing to uh, prostitute herself to basically being able to survive and get by with the household. Mm-hmm. So um, one night in 1969, she and her husband had been uh, together at a pool hall. Mm-hmm. And she was going out to uh, get some air, have a walk or something. Mm-hmm. And they were going to meet later at a, a nearby pub. Uh, but then she kind of just disappeared. So this had happened before, and also considering, you know, the yeah. the sex work, uh, she had wandered off before as well. Uh, so the husband just kind of tried to take it in the stride. Uh, he did report her missing four days later on the 10th of July. Is Is that sketchy to you? That sounds a bit... Not really, like considering their situation and how they were like roaming about, constantly drinking, she needing to okay, do yeah, do some sex work. I it, the context sounds weird on that, but yeah, uh, 
reading about this, it didn't sound that weird. And, you know, there's always a bit of, like, what's the adult people who might make their own decisions? Like, yeah. how long do you need to wait? And with these tendencies, I didn't sniff foul play there. I It's, it's just... Um having your life intertwined with someone else's where you can disappear for four days and it might not be a big deal. I just, I find that so difficult to relate to. I I know what you mean, but I have been informed that that's not the case for everyone. Yeah, no, of course. It's, it's totally naive of me, but yeah. But I mean, she was reported missing and um, nothing really happened. And I reported her, didn't find any traces. Uh, but uh, then one month later, uh, a fair bit north of Gothenburg, uh, at the sea, Gothenburg is on the west coast of Sweden. Um, a pair of divers find a floating uh, cabin trunk, oh. uh, which they pick up and like, oh, what's the? I mean, you'd be curious if you see basically, oh, that's a huge um, checkered luggage yeah. thing. And what's that? It's message in a bottle, except a whole lot. I, I'm, it's really giving me, uh, CBTBs. <laughs> CBTBs. Um, so, but yeah, they see this and they're curious, so they uh, bring it aboard and pick it up. And they find inside, uh, wrapped in a bunch of newspaper, and like they open it, they instantly sense the smell, it smells horrible. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, <sighs> They thought it might have been like a, I know, pig's head or pig's meat or something, but no. then they wrap it up, and it's a female torso. Oh, no. Uh, so no legs, no arms, no head, but um, That's... Yeah, it's a female torso, not that far gone, they can't see what it is. How long later was this? One month. Ooh, it should be more far gone, presumably. It was probably not a pretty sight, though. there were no pictures. Um, yeah, so they find this, and there are several clues. Like, uh, for instance, there was a scar on the torso, which kind of matched uh, Margareta, this woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the slightly convenient fact that apparently, the, like I said, the torso was wrapped in newspapers, and they were all from the date that she disappeared. No. At the uh, local newspapers. So oh, creepy, were, creepy, creepy. There were suspicions, but they couldn't 100% confirm it, but people were pretty sure. Uh, so they basically um, uh, put more, inf- uh, more, they basically put more effort into the uh, police um, endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, but nothing really came of it. But two years later, they got a very detailed uh, like anonymous tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, indicating a 34-year-old doctor who, he lived a bit north of uh, Gothenburg, but he uh, had a clinic in Gothenburg. Mm-hmm. And the word was, especially according to this tip, but it was kind of verified that uh, he uh, did this. He frequently solicited uh, sex workers. Mm-hmm. So this sounded like a solid lead, but the doctor had died in April that same year so that was uh, four months earlier so it and it was like confirmed death no chance of it being nonsense no no no, no. he had already been uh, he was thoroughly he dead died, and checked processed. Uh, it was it was alcohol and drugs basically he had uh, had some kind of overdose he was dead they'd sorted everything there uh, but then this tip came in and they started looking into it then 
with an interesting timing. I think it was barely one or two days later after this tip, and they started looking into this, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of fishermen uh, also up north of Gothenburg found, uh, as they were dragging around, uh, some of their equipment got caught on some bags with body parts. Oh, and this and, is two years after. And the remains of a second cabin trunk. I think. No. Uh, no. And when they, like, the police immediately made, like, okay, we need to check this and compare, and they made the confirmation, okay, this was Magneta, and um, connected, so they definitely confirmed the identity. So all of the, the body parts were all for her? Oh. So it looked like they had two separate things, like, okay, one trunk with the torso and one trunk with the um, you know, arms, legs, head. And the other one was, so one was floating and one sunk. Was there anything weighing it down or was it just... Um, I don't have those uh, details. Wow. Uh, but uh, but no, when they I were guess... found, they had uh, sunk down, at least. Yeah, well, I guess that's... <sighs> yep. Oh, that's really creeping me out. That's awful. Kind of, kind of. So when the identity was uh, verified, they did double down on investigating the doctor. Mm -hmm. And then the doctor's parents, who were still alive, uh, came forward mm -hmm. and told them that they had um, seen and heard some suspicious things. And we're talking suspicious as some sources say that they claim that the son had, like, literally mentioned this woman mentioned the dead body no uh, the thing that everyone confirms basically is that not too long like a couple of one or two weeks uh, somewhere there after the disappearance mm -hmm. um this doctor had gone to his parents home mm -hmm. uh, where he he lived nearby but he went there and he came with uh, two drunks uh loaded them on his sailing boat went out for a bit no come back without any trunks uh, like one source, which I'm not sure how much I believe that, said like when he came back without the trunks, he dropped a quote of um, uh, Pontius Pilate yeah. uh, from the Bible yeah, yeah. of the like washing the hands thing, uh, basically quoting that passage. I've washed my hands of this. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, which I'm not entirely sure if I believe, but hey, who knows? So the dad said that, or the, no, the, no, the son, son said, said that? that after he presumably dumped oh. the body. Uh, so stuff like that, but it, it, nothing's too verified beyond these points, uh, beyond the actual carrying the trunks, because that was an actual witness statement. And the trunks themselves? Mm. Did they ever identify who the trunks belonged to? Uh, well, I mean, there were no name tags, and I don't think they had too much uh, DNA back then, but uh, that connection of his parents actually saying, like, no, no, we saw him with two similar trunks go on a boat and dumping yeah. they kind of made that connection. This is why everyone should be required to have monogrammed luggage. <laughs> no one should be allowed to dump dead bodies that, unless it's like, hey, your fucking initials are on that. And that's what carpets are for, sure. <gasps> that's Awful. <laughs> Monogramming, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how many monogrammed carpets are there, but I like the thought. I don't know. I, I think, don't you think carpet is like the worst thing to put a dead body in? Because I just think of what a crap job we do on hoovering our carpets. You're going to find all sorts of stuff in there. Surely like, that's good for crime. No, it's wonderful. Get rid of dead bodies in carpets. We're going to catch you. Um, but I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> but you'd think trunks would be the same. Like, I have so much crap in my handbag. It's, I mean, a trunk must be 10 times worse. It took me, when I got back from Istanbul in December, I didn't unpack for three weeks. Mm. And I don't even know why I unpacked. I think it's because I was, uh, it was highlighted I hadn't unpacked for three weeks. <laughs> it wasn't because I wanted to put it that way. But yeah. Who has clean, tidy luggage? No. Apparently this was just a side note, but I think they were specifically not necessarily issued, but from like an um, uh, airline company or something. So they might just have been bought from something. There weren't that many details, but mentioned as a side note. Uh, Along with the fact that they were checkered. They were checkered. Yes. Uh, But no, so they they got the uh, parents' uh, witness statements and the parents apparently made the, um, they deduced that, okay, fuck, this is probably related to um, as soon as the torso was discovered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made that deduction. Uh, and they, um, uh, I don't think they thought that he killed her, but they, like, begged him to go to the police to tell them what he knew, basically. Yeah. Which he did not do. Nice. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Um, so... The weirder things kind of start with when they start contacting other people in the doctor's vicinity. Because there are three main witness statements. So first you have the doctor's wife. Uh She was abroad when the disappearance and the presumably of the murder happened. For some reason I just assumed he's not married. He was married. Oh Um, dear. And she said that apparently she said that he had called her that night saying that he had a dead woman in his apartment. What? But she had kind of written it off as, oh, he's fucking drunk and hallucinating or something. What is it with you Swedish people and drinking too much? Like, this is a common theme. I take offense at that, man. Sorry, there, there's, I don't know, there's this reputation that people from Nordic countries have nothing better to do than get super drunk. I mean... Don't get me wrong, the Brit- Brits have a bad reputation. The Irish have a bad reputation for it. But there's it's a whole mean, different we're thing. sitting here going through our bottles of wine right now. So That's only because we're obliged to. We, we made a choice in the naming of this podcast and we're seeing it through. We're committed to this. Very fair. I, I appreciate your angle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. But, but yeah, so, um, uh, well, she wrote that off as like, oh, drunken nonsense or something. Wow. Um, then there was a witness uh. statement from a colleague of the doctor mm-hmm. who was from uh, Stockholm, other side of the country. Mm-hmm. And he apparently was visiting at that time. And his witness statements, I've seen some different um, different comments on that. But he basically implied that, no, no, uh, he killed him. Uh, I uh, like he didn't see the murder, but he had told him that uh, uh, like he was uh, chopping her up in his bathtub or something, and oh. he just didn't know what to do. Then there is the doctor's brother-in-law, who very adamantly claimed that no, it was the colleague who murdered the girl. What? Yeah, and apparently. They were friendly, and I guess the doctor had shared some tales with him, or well, mm-hmm. they were friendly in some way. So we had these three main witness statements. There was also, as I was digging around, a fourth one of a third doctor who had, uh, I couldn't quite 
trying to find the source, but it was in some kind of writing, like in semi-autobiographical writing or something. Mm -hmm. He basically mentioned the person who was, uh, well, the supposed murderer. And he was 100% sure that that person murdered them. And he said things like um, that that was basically confessed and basically completely clear-cut case. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was also like an aside bit. And... He couldn't really back that up. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of voices pulling in. There is so much pointing to the doctor, but then you have like almost one and a half statements pointing to that he did not murder. He might have helped dispose of the body. I don't think there's too much doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, but it's still completely unclear who actually murdered Margareta. And like when, uh, when all said and done, like the police, since the guy was dead they they never made any kind of statement or conviction on it at all they basically just like shut down the investigation so they they kind of they weren't willing to say this guy unequivocally unequivocally is responsible for it but they also went can't really be arse investigating because chances are he either did it or was close to the people who did it so screw it it's fine what is wrong with them? Come the on. It's trickier to investigate as well because, like, I keep saying, like, oh, the doctor and the colleague of the doctor who was a doctor and the third doctor, mm-hmm. because there are no names here because since they There's weren't no convicted, names? like, we had the names of the uh, murdered woman, Margareta, and yeah. her husband. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the doctor and his family and shit, like, I dug around. I can't find names. Legally, you, you're not allowed to share that in the papers and stuff over there, or? Uh, well, nowadays, I would definitely say so unless it's come up in some other wow. uh, instance but uh, like i couldn't find anything the closest thing i found was this uh, fourth witness statement in the form of a book thing who had a nickname for the guy huh. um which i'm not 100 percent sure who was referring to or if it was that one but wow um but the side note was basically him talking about like oh yeah and studied and became friends with these and this guy became an orthodontist and this guy unfortunately be was going to become the um the trunk murder guy yeah yeah uh, like an offhand thing um but yeah so don't really know and they just let it down like the husband tried to uh, object to this and reopen the investigation he made like two formal uh, attempts mm-hmm. at uh, legally reopening it yeah they were both shut down huh. and, um, and wow. yeah, no, no one can say for sure anything besides the fact that she the cause of death was apparently strangulation she was chopped up afterwards and dumped in the sea wow what a way to end it that's that's awful. Yeah, it is slightly dire, but worse first. And yeah, worse first. <laughs> and nothing. I'm waiting for you to tell me something more. Like this is it. This is like I've already involved kind of frivolous facts, which I don't have that much basis for. Huh. Um, but this is basically the info I can find. This is really sad. What a poor woman being wrapped up in newspaper like ugh why would you even bother doing that I mean if you're going to be disrespectful to you know chop a woman up and chuck you know yeah but if you're going to transport her from a hotel room uh, presumably in a car 
driving up north to I mean, between one half and uh, two and a half hours mm-hmm. north of Gothenburg or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a bit of padding to prevent the, um, uh, the bleeding might be good. Oh, shit. That's awful. I mean, I think I'm a very practical, logical person, but in a situation like that, I think I would get a bit distracted by the whole horror of the thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always with the situation and how you're dealing with it. And we don't know, like, we don't know who murdered her. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened. So it could, like, she died from strangulation. Yeah. Uh, she could have been murdered, then freaking out for four hours. What the fuck are we doing? Mm-hmm. What am I doing if it's mm-hmm. just one person? Uh, and then... Um, Damage control. Yeah. Basically, like, okay, take it to the bathtub. Gonna chop this up. Oh, pack it up. At what point do you think that's a good idea? But oh, that's that's horrible. The whole thing is horrible. And mysterious. Yeah, and mysterious. <laughs> I think I've had enough wine that I'm just horrified tonight. Oh. Yeah. But then you can lift us up with uh, your cherry. Mine's oh, not. Sorry. Mine's not bloody cherry. Mine is. Comparatively, surely. Okay, you know what? You know what will bring us up? Okay, so discussing this, I've been making noises in the corner to try to practice Welsh pronunciation because <laughs> it's not natural to me. This is um, a mysterious happening based in Wales. Um, and as I'm making these noises, I felt obliged to explain to Jonathan what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, and I named the place, which is Llanglochlin. Uh, Sorry, Welsh people. I, I'm doing my best. And then you said something about, oh, yeah, that's like settlement from a church or a religious place. or And I'm just like, what are you talking about? How do you know this? And Googled it, and sure enough, it is. like. <laughs> you didn't name it, though. You uh, you started spelling it out. And... Yeah, which is even more worrying. Like, <laughs> there are four L's in this place name, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, what? Um, so, and I named my only Welsh word that I know, and, and you also got that so i decided to look up some more welsh words <laughs> so let's see see how good you are um oh and in the spirit of that what is a goody who a condom no <laughs> it's an animal an animal a goody who goody who um sheepdog <laughs> okay i'm loving this you're totally messing this up it's an owl um what else do i have okay a smoothier smoothier or a smooth your it's an activity done in the house vacuum ironing oh that makes way more sense sorry yeah um I, okay, there's some that I'm just not going to attempt to pronounce. Um, this is an animal. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a tiny animal. It's a pilipala. Pilipala. Yeah. Metamorphosis makes me think of it. Butterfly. Yeah. Okay, now you're just going guessed, by the clues. Yeah, no, I'm I would not giving not you clues that anymore. From the word. Come on. <laughs> um. Uh. I think this is going to be your last one, which is. Bwech goch 
gotcha. And it's a noun? It is a tiny animal. Badger? No, the literal meaning is little red cow. <laughs> I I am happy to have anyone correct this pronunciation because I'm sure this is terrible, but Buech Goch Gotcha. Got a guinea pig? It's a ladybird. Ah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, I don't think I'm gonna even try any more of these. Um <laughs> So Seeing as we're, we're not feeling a bit friendlier. Yes, we're ready to continue with your okay. Minnesota mystery for the week. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a busy Saturday morning, uh, 16th of June, 1990, um, about 20 to 1, and 53-year-old Treveline Evans had left a note on the front door of her shop. She ran an antique shop called Attic Antiques on Church Street, and the note said that she would be back in two minutes and she was not back in two minutes which is why we're talking about it now um so here's where it kicks off fruit 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 she bought an apple and a banana and was seen crossing a street nearby castle street um <laughs> okay this isn't funny this is awful okay she it's i mean who knows maybe it's not awful maybe it's totally fine um Basically, so she left this note um, saying back in two minutes, which was probably not meant literally. She probably meant, you know, I'm going to have a lunch. I'm going to read the paper. You know, I'm going to have a wee dander around by the river. I just want to chill. She got her apple. She got a banana. And there was a banana skin in the the bin in the shop. So, like, I mean, presumably she had the banana in the shop after she left. Yeah, but she left to buy it and then she came back and there was a banana skin in the shop and banana skins get pretty so, manky pretty quickly. So presumably it was manned by one person. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it like it's imagine um you know, it's just a little town in Wales where, you know, it's got a busy couple of streets, but it's not it's not a city and hmm. yeah, there were about twenty five friends and visitors who um were in the shop that morning. I, I think they it said the shop opens at like 9.30 every day. So in the space of three hours, you had 25 people in there, either friends or people who were checking out the wares. Mm. Um, and yeah, she was happy, relaxed. She had plans to go out that night, super chilled. Um, but it, it does seem like she went back to the shop after lunch, but there, there doesn't seem to really be any reports of her being seen there and the note was still up. Um, the other strange thing is she... You know, it's a busy high street. No one saw her go back into the shop. There was no, as far as I can tell, there was no back door she could have snuck in. There's a front door and it's a busy high street and it's a Saturday afternoon. I mean, people remember selling her a banana. Yeah, people remember selling a banana and an apple and they don't remember seeing her go back to the shop. Hmm. Weird, right? Kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. Um, The last confirmed sighting of her was at 2.30, so almost two hours later, and it was close to her home uh, on Market Street. Not that that means anything to us. Um, But there were also two suspected sightings. They were were never confirmed, but it was later on the same day that she'd supposedly vanished. Um, So five minutes after she was seen in Market Street, so just after the last confirmed sighting at 2.30, there was a woman matching her description who was seen walking out of the town along the A5, which is a you know medium-sized road. 
um, walking out of town. Yeah, walking out of town. Um, and she'd left her handbag in the shop and she had a car that was parked out of the front of the shop. But apparently she was, well, a woman matching her description was seen walking out of town beside Riverside Park. Um, the other unconfirmed sighting was uh, another hour or so after that, so around 3.45, they apparently saw her walking on to Park Avenue in the direction of uh, a river, River D. Or, so, yeah. It's tricky to say without knowing the actual geography involved, but uh, yeah. I'm assuming that would be along the path. I, I know, I'm always... It's um, trying to picture it. You're trying to picture it, and also thinking of the actual investigation and people taking witness statements, mm-hmm. and like if they get a bunch of witness statements, they get one which sounds solid, like oh, she's heading to the yeah. A five or A twenty five. A she was walking along the side of the A five. Yeah, the A five, and then they hear another witness statement from a bit later in that direction mm-hmm. I'm like oh no this lines up and yeah. you might ignore other pieces. I think whenever I was reading up on it it seemed like the reason they weren't considered confirmed sightings is uh, they were by people who didn't know her personally oh, oh so they did not consider them confirmed no the oh, last okay. two were not that's confirmed true. so um, I was afraid they were jumping a bit no and they, they could work um, in tandem with one another mm-hmm. but it's it's a fairly small town. She was very well known. Like, she's in her 50s. I, th- I think she'd lived there most of her life. So people are familiar with her. The only people who don't know her are the people who don't live there. Or um, So it, it seemed to be more of that that, yeah, it was just unconfirmed. Like, mm. if you know her, you know her. And if you don't, it's, yeah, it could have been her. It looked like her. Who knows? Yeah. Like, if... If someone saw someone looking like you down the street, then are they going to know whether it's you or not? Probably not. I'm kind of conspicuous, though. Yeah, but I mean, you're not the only person that matches your description. <laughs> I mean, it's not... It's not. <laughs> okay, you're not as generic as some people, but... <laughs> come on. <laughs> you could still easily be confused. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so... Trevelyan was married, and um, at the time, her husband Richard was arrested by police and interviewed, but he was released without charge. Um, He was away during the week of her disappearance. There's some speculation that maybe he'd return back to the couple's home. Mm. Um, But his alibi, if you like, was he was away renovating the couple's holiday house um, on on the coast at (laughs) Rudlin, if that's said right. (laughs) There's a lot of D's and an H in it. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so there, so basically, no witnesses, just like no, I was at her summer cottage thing. Yeah, and there were no reports of him coming back. There, there are just a few mentions of it's definitely possible, uh, but it seemed to be a couple of hours away. It's not straightforward. There was no reason for him to come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, there, there's not really a, a decent conclusion to this. There's a few strange kind of leads there's someone who wasn't described as a psychic but she there was a woman who was walking along um a canal bank near Langlochlin and uh she had an overwhelming feeling that Trevelyan was nearby um so the the police took it seriously and they sent sniffer dogs out but they never found anything well, fair play, I guess. 
It wasn't the only lead like that, though. There was, so this was a good couple of years later, but there was um, an area of that woodland um, near the canal that had been searched after a medium, like spiritualist, psychic, whatever, had uh, said she was convinced the Trevelyan was there. Um, even the detective who was heading up the investigation, who's called Colin Edwards, said it's it is without a doubt the strangest inquiry I have ever been involved with how a happily married woman could vanish without a trace on a sunny Saturday morning in a busy town centre is totally baffling. Hmm. Like, they have no idea what happened. But what's it, she was in her 50s? She was 53. 53, okay, that's not too old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she had one son, um, but he actually died of a heart attack nine years after she went missing, so hmm. it's... But was he in the vicinity? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. there, there was no real mention of him, and hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of... I don't know, I find that really sad as well. You kind of wipe up, wipe out a whole side of a family in the space of less than a decade. Um, one of the best-known leads was uh, apparently a sighting of her in a remote town in Australia, but there were also a lot of reports of her being seen in London, and there was um, a story about Interpol being drafted into pro-possible sightings of her in France, but they none of them led anywhere. Like it, it gets super mysterious for some uh, random Welsh woman who um, doesn't go back to her antique shop. I do like that angle, though. Of yeah, me like, too. Oh no, she went off and became an international spy, moved to uh, like France. I mean, roamed the uh, yeah. cafes. When when I was reading, because there was a whole extended statement from the uh, detective chief inspector Colin Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big extended statement and whenever he was saying happily married woman, I'm immediately skeptical. Like, how would you know? Like, who, who says that? Underlining that is a bit suspicious. Yeah. yeah and, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just, if you're married, we're not going to speak ill of the dead. So we assume you're happily married. But, um, I mean, it's possible her husband came back. It's also whether whether there's anything in it or not there were suggestions that maybe she wasn't as happily married they um had been together earlier in the week they were supposed to meet up later in the week it seemed like she had uh, postponed a trip to the holiday home where she would have met up with him which could have meant nothing or could have meant something there was also an artist's impression of a man in a blazer who was supposedly seen with Trevelyn Evans shortly before her disappearance. And before, as in, like, early uh, in the day? Or? Earlier in the day that wasn't put into witness, witness statements and no one reported him as, you know, being a known person. Mm. And and the, the composite sketch looks super generic, but, um, <laughs> like, there's a guy in a blazer. That's it. Like, he's white. He is a face. face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's a very, very generic face that may or may not be accurate to a human being. Like it's (laughs) like it means nothing. And even that was ruled out by police in 2001 as being no longer accurate. Like, yeah. It's weird. I mean, like, I I don't really see the husband for it, though, because, okay, fine. If he went off, tried to set up an alibi, which was possible. Um, he he already had an alibi, so he would have driven into town, done whatever he'd done, and then driven back again and pretended nothing ever happened. Yeah, but if he did, because as I understood it, he was gone for, it wasn't just a day trip. He no, was gone was, for a large chunk, maybe yeah, a week yeah. or so. Yeah, yeah, 
And if he's going to sneak back mm-hmm. and stealthily kill her, mm-hmm. then go back and then come back and, oh, what happened? Like, partially doing it in the middle of the day while she's still supposedly, well, supposed to man the uh, antique shop. I mean, if it's if you can pull it off, it's perfect. But if you can't, well, it's yeah, it's super risky. Can, but I I mean, what are the chances? So much risk of trying to time it in some way. So okay, there are two possibilities: either she went out, got the banana, went back, ate it, dumped banana. Peel. Why would you go back to the shop and drop the drop a banana? <gasps> or someone else went to the shop and had a banana. That is not impossible. <laughs> uh, but like, okay, either she uh, like she went back and ate it, and either she was abducted from the shop, or she went that, out for no, a second walk. That's the thing as well. Based on everything I read, there's there's no back entrance, and it's a busy street on a Saturday. Yeah, but and if no, it is, that, that's also the thing. If it is busy. It might just be that people aren't noticing a But it's small town busy. It's not city busy. If it's a city, there's a level of anonymity there. But if it's a, if it's a town, like, I know when I go home, I can't walk down the street without bumping into someone I went to school with or worked with. or, <laughs> And and it's it's so frustrating. You, you just, you can't do it. And, I mean, that time was 5,000 people, but, yeah. Or more, maybe. Okay, I, I'm just... Thing it doesn't strike me still as a husband because like it is possible. Of no, course, I, I I have no idea. My my instinct is like, not husband, but then it would be like the double jeopardy. Partially, she might be recognized on the street, and he might be, um, and also like couldn't have killed her in the shop and then snuck out because no yeah. back entrance. Yeah. Um and oh goodness, I don't want to give advice, but like from my perspective, if I was trying to have an alibi than sneaking back, mm-hmm. killing someone, going off. Mm-hmm. Um, it would make so much more sense to do that for instance uh, like right at their actual house or something when she but was maybe, going home like oh no she was abducted during her way home yeah. and we can't pinpoint where but I mean this is even more mysterious and um, there was that report of her heading towards home which wasn't I mean it was walkable so is it possible she would have decided to take a a dander during lunch, walk home, like if her husband went there and gave oh, her a call. I didn't get that. It was in the direction of home. Oh, the, okay. the last reported sighting was kind of in the direction of home. Oh, and okay. the, okay. um, so of the two unconfirmed sightings, one of them kind of is in line with that as well. So maybe, maybe she could have walked home. Maybe she could have met him there. Huh. What, what I find super weird is she left her handbag in the shop. She had her car out the front of the shop. Mm. That whole thing is, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine leaving my handbag anywhere. It, it just, it makes me feel very, you know, not quite vulnerable, but it, it is a sort of safety blanket of crap that I carry around with me. Like, yeah, like have you seen my purse? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, always with me. Yeah, you're right. Okay, but you, you have reasons for carrying it as well, though. Well, I. Mm. We all have reasons for carrying it. Like, My I mean, reason is just random stuff that might be useful, and I feel very. I do the same though. Yeah. You know, naked and vulnerable. Without but yeah, it. I mean, I can make a decision to go out without it, but I make the decision to do it. I don't go to work and then leave halfway th- through the day without it. That's weird. Um, but yeah, I just I can't imagine leaving my bag behind. I mean, what I hope happened is. She made the choice to leave, and for whatever reason, 
she decided that she needed to do it in this way. Mm. Like she was getting out of a bad situation and this was almost the least suspicious way of doing it because, mm. you know, if you leave with all your stuff in the night, then it's pretty clear you've left. So I, I don't know, I, I kind of hope that she was fine. 53-year-old Trevelyan when you know what, I've had enough of whatever it is that the shit that I'm dealing with. <laughs> I'm going to Australia. I'm going wherever. I don't need that handbag. I'm going to replace it anyway. Um, takes her passport. Yeah. Takes her Jack Russell Terrier. I, 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 there's no mention of a dog. Let's not get excited. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of, I hope she did it. But then again, like leaving your son behind and then him dying. I don't know. I, I kind of see like well, this is also slightly uh, wishful thinking but I kind of like see two scenarios like okay one she went out for the lunch walk and decided to take I know a longer or a different walk and then something happened might have just been like I don't know, a random heart attack or yeah. something she fell off the side of the road rolled away somewhere and before they actually investigated that you know nature took its course yeah uh, or which I would prefer is, yeah, she just snuck off, uh, found a way to get to France, became an international spy. Oh, and, I love it. And then that's all settled. She was a sleeper for the last 30 years. And they finally <laughs> called her in. That was it. Leave the banana skin in the shop. You're being activated. <laughs> that's a sign, yes. Oh, I love that. That would be so good. Oh, Agent Traveling, go you. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. That's a nice. I I think whenever there's there's no signs of foul play and there's no body um, and those circumstances, on the one hand, it's it's nice to have hope, but on the other hand, as a family, like you must need closure at a certain point. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, the son the son died eleven years after she disappeared. He must have spent those eleven years wondering what on earth happened to his mum, unless Agent Traveling got in touch and said it's all cool, mate. Um, Just tell the fuzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, even the husband, like, at what point are you supposed to move on? Assuming he had nothing to do with it. Mm. If your wife is missing, you can't wait her on forever. But you also, you would fear moving on to, to just find Without out she's... Any closure. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, your, your wife showing up after a couple of years of being missing or you getting a call one day to say, hey, we have a patient who just woke up from a coma or but i i know they're all ridiculous gray's anatomy level storylines but it it is kind of it's not impossible that's the main thing yeah oh i hope it (laughs) go agent treveline (laughs) treveline 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 i think treveline i'm going with treveline i have not seen the name so i don't know yeah this has been a rather uh somber evening We'd love to know your thoughts, though. Well, that's true. Have you seen Agent Traveline? We're going to put a picture of her on the website. You have a picture? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. If you've seen this woman and she's a spy, send us an email at crimebythebar.com. Don't post it in the comments. Let's protect her anonymity. Just put the uh, subject um, as uh, banana peel is in the basket. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Banana peel in the basket. And on that note, good night. Good night, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.